today on Breaking Into the Host Becomes the Subject. That's right. We are breaking into the mind of our beloved host, James Lott Jr. You thought the Stormy Daniels interview was going to be juicy? Uh uh-uh, uh, wait till you see what we have coming up next. <laughs> you are tuned in to Black Hollywood Lives. Breaking into. <laughs> I am ready. Oh, yeah. For success. I am success. <laughs> I am ready. I am ready. I am ready. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> Welcome to Breaking Into on Black Hollywood Live. You can follow us on iTunes, SoundCloud, YouTube. I am your guest host for today. My name is Alice Sarfati, and you can follow me at alicesarfati.com. And I just want to thank you, yeah, Mr. James Lott yeah. Jr., for taking the hot seat and allowing your fans to get all those questions that are burning inside them to finally be answered. We want to know everything about you, it's and that's what this show is about oh, today. Oh, my goodness. There's a lot to know, too. <laughs> yes. So let's start. If you guys don't know, I know you watch the show a lot. The, actually, the guest picks the music that plays yeah. in the intro. Yeah. So today, you pick the song. And we're all familiar with I Am Ready because that is your voice. (laughs) That is my voice. That's my song. My first song ever. It's almost a year old. I can't believe it. Uh, It's going to be included on my first ever album that's coming out in the spring. I'm just excited. It was was a one-off venture that turned into a a third, fifth, seventh career for me. Something like that. Okay, so let's let's break it down because I know you have like fifty careers going on, but one of them is recording artists. How did how did recording artists just come along? Um, Someone said to me that you have such a great voice. Of course, I hear it all the time. You have a good voice, but we were talking doing doing music, and I had been in a band in the nineties, like Uh some obscure band. What was the name of this band? Mangina. (laughs) And it was in San Francisco. Yes, in San Francisco, and we did. Dance rock music. Mm-hmm. Um, at the time, a, 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 a movement called Electro Clash was big, and bands like Fisher Spooner, Lady Tron, like, they're all they're all coming up with these kind of music that's kind of it was like rock, but it was also dance music. And I like I like both genres. Um, so I did that like years ago, and we didn't have any really success or anything. Just kind of you know kind of infamous. Um, but someone said you should do uh, some of your spoken word that you do and put it to music. I released a book last year, a poetry that was successful. And he was like, you should take one of your poems. And I was like, well, I don't want to take one of my poems. And I, those are, that's for my book. That, that was complete for my book. So I wrote I Am Ready in 20 minutes. It just came, it was divine and eventually came to me. And I, I, I spoke it out. And I was like, okay, that's good. And I sent it to a producer friend of mine who, that's what we came up with. And he sent me that on my birthday last year. Fully produced Fully for the produced. first time. I was at, it was at 11.50 at night. My birthday was almost over. Oh, my God. What a great birthday present. It was. I cried. I actually cried. I, I would cry, it. too, if I heard my voice along with music. Yes. It's so nice. Yeah. I, was like, I, yeah. I actually listen to your song when, when I'm, like, getting into, like, a mood. Oh, I'm yeah. Like, yes. It's so inspiring. Thank so. you. Like, that's, that's the whole point. I, wanna, I make conscious dance music. That's what I always say. Conscious. Is that the genre? Mm-hmm. Conscious dance music. Mm-hmm. So all my songs have a message. But they're danceable. So you wrote a song in Spanish, too. I did. Lo mismo es muy lo mismo. Like, yeah, lo mismo. Yes. <laughs> lo mismo es lo mismo. Ismo. The same is the same. What yes. inspired uh, writing in Spanish? Uh, because of my background. Because mm-hmm. I, am, I, am, I am part Spanish. Of course, part Latino. Um, but no, also, I wanted to explore um, just different genres of music. And I thought it was, it was another just challenge for me. I'm like, cause I, know how to, I know how to speak Spanish, I know how to read and write. I was like, well, if I, can I write a song in Spanish? And, like, and a fun kind of dance Kind of irreverent. It wasn't anything serious, mm-hmm. you know. I wanted. I said, "Can I do that and actually make it?" And my producer was like, "Yes, try it, do it, try it, try it, try it." And uh, my producer Palms, Lloyd Palms, 
um, to try it. And I was like, okay, I'll sit down. And it took me about a week, actually, to put that together. And I wrote it in Spanish first. And so there might be a Spanish version. In, like, there might be a, and I wrote it in English first. There might be an English version one day. Who knows? But um, I just got it all. Just, just something different. Just to kind of do something different. It was, it was actually very successful. Yeah, I you want to reach out to the Latinos yes, that want to hear your voice, too. Yes, and all my Latino <laughs> friends, they said it was very bueno. So I love it. So, But it's just, again, just um, being in a studio, pushing myself. Uh, I have an album coming, an EP coming out. Actually. Oh, you do? When April is that coming 5th. out? Okay, so there's a group called Chog, and they do quirky dance music. Sounds and, like your genre. Yes, it's me. Uh-huh. And the two singles we have out already is Honey Lamb, uh-huh. which is a, a term of endearment I call people, Honey Lambs. You're a Honey Lamb. Aww. And then also a song called Oh My God, Like Totally. I love that song. I know. It's like, this song is so... I think, and our, our producer engineer, Marissa, I know, likes that song too, I think. Um, Slap. Yeah, I know. She did. It's like, it's like, like, like song they play I do it. love that song. It's such, it's such a, just a fun, dancey pot. And, and it came because my three, my three-year-old niece, Michaela Grace, I would always say to her, oh my God, I like totally. And she would laugh every single time I did it. And we were in the studio and Chalk was like, keep doing that, Jace. Keep doing that. They put the camera, they put the camera, put the mic on me. They came with music. Maybe you need to start a YouTube channel for kids where you just say, oh, my God, like, totally, and other stuff. You well, could be like the new Mr. Rogers. Well, here's what's funny. So the, the EP is coming out April 5th. It's called the five-song EP, Chog and James Lott Jr. I think it's a children's album. Really? Now that I'm listening to it, because we did five songs, and, they're, and all the kids I played for love it. I think, you know, you found your niche. <laughs> so I think I'm going to have a child's, out, a child's dance album out first and then my regular solo album. But it's kind of weird. I'm like, I think it's a kid's album. Yeah. So I'm going to pass out to all the kids, I guess. Well, I can't wait to hear it. It's good. It's going to be fun. It's, it's a fun, upbeat, which we need nowadays, mm-hmm. upbeat, fun music. And it's, it's and harmless. escape music. Yeah, yeah, it's harmless. We need that right now. It's harmless. So you mentioned that you're part Spanish. Yes. And I feel like you represent America Right now in this day and age, because you're a mix of all kinds of backgrounds. Yes, I am. So tell your audience, because people people always ask me, "What's your background?" You're so <laughs> I can't put a you know I can't put you in a box, and I'm like, "That's right." Yes, and I know you people can't put you in a box yes. because you represent so many different ethnicities yes. and backgrounds. So if you had to break it down, what are what's your background? So I so this is the thing I really love that I grew up multicultural. Mm-hmm. First of all, I want to make sure I say that I love that, and growing up in Los Angeles, part time in New York. Midwest. I get to see. I get to have all kinds of cultures. So um, I am. I'm so see each one. So I am African American, clearly. Um, Puerto Rican, West Indian, Creole. So Creole, of course, if you don't know what Creole is, that's a uh, Dutch, French. I mean, it's, it's black, French, and Indian. Mm-hmm. I'm part Dutch. So it's like, and then I, but I grew up also with a Chinese godmother and Japanese godfather. <laughs> okay. In Los Angeles, where I was mostly around Mexican and Central American. So you, like I said, you represent the America of today. Yes, and I go to New York all the time to see my family. Uh, the West Indian, Puerto Rican, there's the Dominican, Cuban, it's all there too. So I grew up with all kinds of people. So I grew up with a, a nice, rich, rich histories. I had some rich histories in my background. All the food was good. <laughs> That's true. Kind of all of them. The Creole food. And Puerto we have Rican eaten food. together, so I could tell yes. you he knows his food. Yes, we have eaten together. Yes, I. <laughs> and I think we're going to go eat together after that. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so I, that's all my backgrounds. I just I am multicultural. So, but I'm proud of each each one and everything. Yeah. So, also besides being multicultural, I think you also relate to people in the sense that well, let's you know let's start with an easy subject. Let me read because I need to read this. Okay. Your, your um, listing of professions here. Okay? Yes. Yes. Okay. I need a list here because it's a long one. Okay. <laughs> Let's start. Broadcaster, life coach, professional organizer, background actor, recording artist, author, poet, speaker, painter, 
You are one busy man, sir. Yes, a little busy. A little bit. So to quote yourself, you are, quote unquote, a doer. I'm a doer, yes. So how do you describe yourself when people ask you, what do you do? I say I do a lot of stuff. I tell them a James of all trades. That's a good way to say it. Because seriously, because I mean, I, I mean, it changes in different conversations, to be really honest. Um, because if I'm in a certain field or industry, then I highlight that, obviously. Mm-hmm. I'm a, I was with professional organizers last month. I'm a professional organizer, certified life coach. I'd make that first. But they know I'm on TV, too. Mm-hmm. So in other situations, I might say I'm, I'm that, plus I'm a TV and radio host. Mm-hmm. Um, or I may go somewhere else where I'm, I'm like, well, I'm a recording artist. So I could actually, I could change it around. Yeah. Um, but I was, I was in an Uber today and someone said to me, so what do you do? I go, I'm in entertainment. <laughs> that pretty much sums yeah, it yeah, up. Yeah, that's like the easiest thing because I literally am doing a lot of different things in entertainment. You are. And in professional services. So for me, it's, I'm trying to figure out how to say it easier. It's, it's, it's an ongoing because I keep adding things to it. Because, you know, do the books and this, and I'm a speaker, and I can add a mobile, I'm a speaker now, a teacher trainer, I'm starting. I mean, it's like, it's, I have a lot of stuff going on. So you, but you're doing what you have passion doing. You do what you love to do. But I know you started off your career in a more traditional uh, line of work where you were a nurse. Yes. yes. So how did you go from doing something traditional to doing something that just talks to your heart? It took me 40 years. It, it literally, I, this is, this is, I tell people all the time, it's never too late um, to find your passion. I... Did what I thought I was told I was supposed to do. Mm-hmm. I followed the whole the dream where you could you're supposed to get married, have kids, you get a job, you stay at your sixty five, retire to Miami, and then you like you live the rest of your life out. That's why I thought that's what was supposed to happen. Somewhere along the line, I did these jobs that I thought I was supposed to take, which were good. Were good for me. They all add up to what I'm doing today. I mean, they all I used each one. But nursing, I loved people. Mm-hmm. Um, I loved helping people. So I kind of went that direction. I have a family of doctors and healthcare administrators in my family, my father, uncles. So I went that direction. But then I was like, I don't like sick people. <laughs> get out of here. Wrong line of it's, business. It's a little too, a little too. And then, but then I was, also I was raising, I was raising a kid, co-raising a kid. So I was like, I need to make, make money. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you have to do what you have to do sometimes. And I was young. I was just kind of figuring it out. So I, after that, I did retail, did food service. I did banking. I did uh, finance. Um, I've worked at a mortuary. Oh I mean, like God. I've done, I've done, I was a, I was a window dresser. Um, I've done all kinds of stuff. And my last job before I came and found my calling, I worked in insurance education. Okay. So the lot is like a lot of jobs. A lot. <laughs> a lot of jobs. Two T's. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the last job I had was I was a farm and ag insurance specialist. Oh my God. So we go all over the country and run conferences. I'd be in Des Moines, Iowa. I'd be in Richmond, Virginia. I'd be in Texas talking about uh, cranberry bogs and turkey ranches and That's poultry very farms. Very random. Very random. Oh, my life is very random. But it all kind of, but it all leads to turning forty years old ten years ago and going, I hate my life. So what happened? I want to know, like, what triggers someone to say, you know what? I've been following this path that society has told me. Which I feel like you should be the spokesp- spokesperson for this because, in many ways, up until forty. You were kind of following a script mm-hmm. of this mm-hmm. is what you're supposed to do. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden you, you woke up and you started being who you really are. Mm-hmm. So how do you do that? Well, the first thing for me is my stomach hurt. And I always say, they say trust your gut. Literally. <laughs> they literally, my, my gut was hurting. And my last job for about six months, I went to a doctor and he's like, no, I don't see anything wrong. Like, like it's, he goes, maybe it is. He, he said psychological possible. I was like, yeah, you're crazy. I'm like, yeah, well, I don't talk about. Um, I hated my job. Right. It really affected me in my stomach. 
And I was like, so when I gave notice, my stomach stopped hurting. I literally stopped hurting that afternoon when I gave notice. But up until that point, my stomach was hurting. It was a rat race. It was just, I was, it was just like I was working 80 hours a week. Yeah, I was making money, but it wasn't, it was like empty money. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was making it, but it was, wasn't, I lived in a great apartment and sitting, but it just, I wasn't fulfilled at all. And my, my, my bosses at that time helped usher me into my new life by, it was a recession, it was 2008, it was a recession. Mm-hmm. And they said some stuff to me that was very rude uh, about, I really can't say much uh, back to them because I should be lucky to have a job in this economy basically is what it came to. And that's what really clicked for me. I'm like, I'm 38, 39 years old. You're talking to me like I'm a child. No, I don't. And I stopped throwing caution to the wind. You have to believe in yourself. That's number one. Mm-hmm. You have to believe that you can survive what's going to come up next. You know, you, know what, you don't know what it is, but you got to believe that you're going to survive it. And I was like, you know, I've started over before. I can do this. I'll figure it out. I quit. Gave two weeks notice like I was supposed to. I did my two weeks with a smile on my face, and I came back to Los Angeles. And that's after, when your life started for that's real. That's when my life started for real. After, um, 20, after 22 years of being gone, I came back at 40 and started my life. And since then, it's been the best thing. You know, that's so inspiring because I think a lot of people just give up hope and they're like, well, this is all life is going to be for me. Right. But it doesn't have to be that way. No, it doesn't. And even though I know people, because like, I, I do this line of work of life coaching and stuff, I know people who are single parents mm-hmm. with two or three kids. I have people on this show who tell you they can do it. So yeah. it means if, if they can do it and they got obligations, you can do it too. I can do it. You can do it. We all can do it. It's just just have faith. Have faith, which and is you, hard. You know your wings are going to come after you take that jump. Yeah. Just, just believe. You have to. That's, that's a hard thing to do. It is. I don't want to say it's easy, but you have to. You, that's a great analogy. You have to believe that once you take that leap, the wings will come and they will, and they will glide you over along for a while. You may not soar, mm-hmm. but you won't drop completely, mm-hmm. right? You'll just kind of glide along. And I did. For the first year, I kind of glided along. And then stuff really started to happen. Once I started to get a vision of what it was I wanted. So I feel like, so how do you feel now, like physically, now that you're locked into really, you know, doing what you're supposed to be doing? It's, so professionally, I feel so much better. Um, emotionally, for my profession, I feel so much better. I am doing all the things I've ever wanted to do. And okay, I can't even tell you how much, I almost can cry about it because it's just so, I just, it just it's so wonderful. I mean, all, everything, I'm, every day is something different. Mm-hmm. And what I'm doing is stuff that I like to do. That's amazing. It's like there's nothing on, there's nothing on my list I'm doing that I don't want to do. You have to go through that sometimes to get there. Mm-hmm. Some of my early jobs, as I started over, were not the greatest either, but I got through them to get to where I want it to be. I tell everybody that I work with, you should not be doing what you don't want to do. All right. Now I want to get a little more personal yes. on the same subject, yes. kind of, but you were married. You have kids? Well, I wasn't married, but I did have kids. You have kids? You have, <laughs> you have grandkids. I have which, grandchildren. I'm sorry, but you look too young <laughs> to be a grandfather. Well, you know black folks. <laughs> that black part don't is, crack. Black don't crack, as it is. So, yes. But no, I wasn't married, but I, I have a so I do have. I, do, I did raise, I have two daughters. You have two daughters? Yes. Okay. So you were in a relationship with a woman? I have been with women, yes. And now? <laughs> single. Single? But, but, but I mean, I like men, but I'm single. Okay. Yes. So it's like, you know, this fluidity that's going on, too. Like, yeah. it's just like, you know, being an American is like, I have 500 different ethnic backgrounds. Uh, your job history is like, I've been all over the map. <laughs> and also with sexuality, it's mm-hmm. interesting that you can say, you know, I've experienced both sides. Yes. And I, my question for you is because I feel like a lot of people are struggling, whether they're gay, straight, or whatever, mm-hmm. they feel like they're following a script, whether it's 
I am 30 now, so I need to be married and have a what? baby because what? that's what you're supposed to do. Or I'm gay and I live in a society that doesn't accept that. And if I come out, everybody will shun me. So what advice do you have for someone that's possibly living a life that is, you know, tainted by society? It is, number one, it is very hard to be in society these days if you're not white male with money, especially in America. If you're anything else, women, <laughs> women of color, even white women, it doesn't matter. Unless you're a white male, it's, kind, it's very, other than that, we all have something we have to deal with, mm-hmm. right? Um, for me, being black, being a person of color, period, mm-hmm. I already walked out the door with that. And for many of us who are of color, and for women, too, just women, period, we walk out the door with that every day. So we already got the armor on for that. Um, you have to find a way to learn, with live within that, um, but be yourself. It takes practice. It takes time. This didn't happen over, this didn't happen in a day. Um, it took, it took again, a leap of faith. I keep saying faith, but that's what it was, that I got to be fully who I am. Mm-hmm. And for you out there, you have to, once you're fully who you are, no one can take that away from you. They can, they can, they can say things to you, call you names, try to you know, fire you from jobs, but they can do all this kind of stuff. But if you deep down can accept who you are from the inside out, you will feel so much better. Everything else will suck. Things will suck sometimes. They're like, oh, my God, I can't believe what's happening. But... Overall, your mental health, your mental health and self-care is most important. Mm-hmm. So my advice is to really fight for yourself. We don't always fight for ourselves. We'll fight for friends right. and other things and, and for causes. Fight for yourself. Yeah. And I think the most beautiful people in the world are the people that just own fully who they are. Mm-hmm. There's just a confidence about them that it doesn't matter who you are, what you look like. Mm-hmm. It's just you have this power to attract people because you love yourself, and so everyone else is going to love you too. And because the thing is, people people like being around people with great energy. Yeah, they do. And if you don't have that, it's it's tough to be around, and you just have this miserable existence. And then you'll find people who where the misery loves company thing happens. Mm-hmm. They're miserable too. I'll hook up with you, and then it's like there's this whole cycle. I know it's hard out there. It's not easy, and sometimes it depends on where you live geographically how hard it is. But I always say start with yourself first. Try to accept yourself fully. Then you can navigate your way through the city you live in, the town you live in, the state you live in, the job you have. Um, I'm hyper aware of who I am every single, every single time I walk out the door, no matter what I'm doing. I just, I'm just always aware this is part of my life. Because I, I, I walk through the world, just, I walk the world as an older person, as a big person, as a black man. It doesn't matter. I, just, I'm just, I walk the world that way. But I love James Lott Jr. So, so I'm do like, I. Okay, see? <laughs> the moment we met, I was yes, like, man, I just love you. Yeah, I just love you. We hit it off. And I'm we. sure you do with everyone you meet because you, you own who you are. And, <laughs> yes. and you're just a wonderful person. So uh, now, okay, I'm going to lighten the mood. Okay. And I want to talk about something that one of your Twitter Uh-oh. followers wanted okay. to know about you. Okay. And I want to give him a little shout out. So, Jonathan Garza, who is at Blue Drum Major. Oh, you know him? Mm -hmm. He's pretty cute. He would like to get the dirt, literally, on what got you into gardening. My gardening. (laughs) I love gardening. Oh, my God. Jonathan, no, because he he knows that. He's a a fan of my shows that I do and stuff. And and he knows me and a few other actors. We love gardening. So, we talk about that on Twitter. Gardening saved my life in many ways. It keeps me calm. 
Um, there, I had a guest on this show, Ron Finley. He's the gangster gardener. He's got it, where he teaches kids in in um, in rough areas mm-hmm. how to garden, because to watch something from seedling to to maturity, that takes it, it just teaches you a lot. Yeah, for me, it's taught me patience. Oh my gosh, so I'm like, these weeds, God bless America. Did I just de-weed this a second ago? Like, what's going on? Um, to it, it teaches me calmness, stillness. It's just beautiful. I mean, I live I live in South LA where I live near the airport, I live near the beach. I have a beautiful yard. Right now it's because it's rained recently. Everything's green. That's amazing. My low quats are coming in, my tomatoes are coming in, um, my avocados are starting to grow. I'm like, I just I love watching it, and it just calms me down. Mm-hmm. It reminds me that there are things bigger than me. I'm a part of the earth, and so I like getting back into the earth. Yeah, it's your form of meditation. It is. Mm-hmm. And I, there's times when I go outside when I'm just stressed out. Because I just, I just had whatever it was work-wise. Just, I mean, just, like, just things that happen. I go outside, I feel so much better. I take a deep breath. And I'm like, oh, my God. And I, see, I see a bee pollinating, or I see this. And it just, it just feels good. I have these beautiful bougainvillea in my backyard. I planted these 10 things. It's beautiful. I love staring. I can stare at them for like hours. I relate to that. And it, it, being in touch with nature is so healing. So Yes. And growing your own stuff. Yeah. It's, when I go out there, I remember I, I first went through my first green beans. And I had like two big ones. That's all I had was two. You would have thought I had a harvest. I went in my, my kitchen. I sauteed those two green those beans. Those two green beans. I sure did with some <laughs> onions and some spices. And I was like, I made my own my own garden. That's I mean, I amazing. just, I love it. I actually just shout out my grandmother, Lot, um, who lived 10 blocks away from us growing up. She had a garden. So she taught you? So she, I, I learned so much from her and her garden. And, our, and, and a, lot of her, a lot of her grandkids, my cousins, we all like, we like gardening. We like flowers. We like planting. It's kind of one of the things she passed down to us. Our, our fathers didn't get it, but we got it. It's kind mm-hmm. of interesting. But she always had a garden. So I ate. I grew up eating fresh vegetables and fruit as a kid in Los Angeles. That's amazing. I know. Like it's, and only, only ten, I could walk to her house from my house growing up. So I kind of taken that with me. And I just, I just love I, just, I love plants. I have plants inside my house. I have plants outside. So Jonathan, you know I love it. It just calms hey guys, me down. do you think he likes gardening? I think I like gardening. Oh my God. <laughs> I had a guest on one of my shows where she did a, a movie called, um, I think it was Heirloom, like Heirloom Tomatoes, because she loves tomatoes. We basically went off on a tangent for like, like 20 minutes. About, about tomatoes? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm not surprised yeah, at all. Yeah. So we did that. It was, it was kind of crazy. I was like, we're just all about tomatoes. And I'm like, I can talk about gardening all day long. I just love it. I'm going to talk to you about something else you love. Yes. And it's another Twitter question okay. from one of your followers. Um, so his name is at HWView. Haywood W. Oh, Haywood. Okay, I've heard from you. Haywood. So he wants to know, which soap would you rather be a regular on? General Hospital <laughs> or Bold and the Beautiful? Oh, my goodness. Okay. Um, oh, that's a, that's a really good question. Wow. Because he knows I, I love both shows. Oh what God. would your character be on the show? That you that's could? a good question, too. Okay, okay, so Bold and the Beautiful set in Los Angeles. Yeah. In the fashion. I'm not a huge fashion person. But you could play one on TV. I could play one on TV. Um, but then I, I would go on General, I'm, I'm sorry, I would go on General Hospital. I want to be a Spencer. I would want to be one of the black Spencers. I want to be like Luke's other cousin or something, Luke Spencer's cousin. I would want to be a Spencer, and I would be a professional organizer on the show. Oh, okay. Bring that professional onto the show. 
organized advice lives on life coach or whatever and then people would have hire you to come to their house yes. and actually do that so they could feel like they're on the soap too yes <laughs> exactly cross promotion on you know me but I, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna stick my hand on the state general hospital just because i yeah inside, i'm not really a fashion person so okay all right i want to do a little Good lightning question. round of questions Boom, boom, boom. Okay. Rapid fire. Okay. okay. Are you ready? I'm ready. Okay. Just whatever comes to mind, first thing comes to mind. Okay. What is your favorite James Lott Jr. saying? <laughs> that is funny. Well, first thing comes to mind is cheese and crackers. Cheese and crackers. My fans know that one. That's what I'm about, cheese and crackers. I like it. If you could pl- trade places with one famous person for a day, who would it be? Ooh. First thing that comes to mind would be... Barbara Streisand. Okay. You know she's going to be in town soon. Yeah, I know. I know. I'm excited. Okay. Yeah, okay. yeah I'm excited. Wine or dessert? Wine. Oh, I'll take the dessert. <laughs> We're a good match. Yes. Uh, whose closet would you love to reorganize? Ooh, that's a good question. Uh, we'll let to reorganize. Madonna. Oh, that's a good one. We can see what she has in there. Yeah. If she has her like, old costume style, I would love to oh, see that. Oh, that would be awesome. Exactly. Did you see that episode where Mariah Carey showed us her closet? Yes. That I was know. just like... It was, it was insane. It was insane. I loved it. It was, it was insane. Did you notice she changed her outfit for every room in the house? Yes. Okay, yeah, I just yeah, yeah, side yeah. note. Okay. Yeah. I uh, watched it. I watched it. I watched it. I like Mariah. That was Cribs. Yeah, it was Cribs. Back in the day. Back in the day, yes. If there was a dance named after you, what would it be called? <laughs> oh my god, that is funny. Um, because I'm nobody knows my dancer. I'm trying to think what um, <laughs> uh, the get down. The get down. I like the James Lott jiggle. <laughs> I just feel like I just want to jiggle when I'm. I, j- I jiggle. I jiggle. James Lott jiggle. I jiggle. <laughs> Have you ever had a supernatural experience? Yes. Oh. Okay, I will, I will follow up okay. with that one because I'm interested. Yeah, um, first thing that comes to your mind, happiest moment in your life? When I became a life coach. Okay. I passed the test and I was ready. I, that, was, that was a big deal for Interesting. me. Interesting. Favorite song to karaoke to? On a clear day, you can see forever by Barbara Streisand. Okay. Barbara Streisand strikes again. My girl, my girl, my girl. <laughs> that's my girl. I love her. What is your most embarrassing moment? I spit up on Natalie Cole once. Oh, I did was, she notice? Yeah, she was so gracious. May she rest in peace. She was so gracious. I had, I had, I was, we saw it fly out onto her dress <laughs> in slow motion. In slow motion, I was like, ugh. and she's just like, oh, and I said, girl, I am so sorry. And she's like, oh, you know, it's fine. And she gave me a hug afterwards, but I was, I was so embarrassed. That's all right. You owned it. Yeah, I owned you it. Owned, it. I owned it. Who would be your ultimate dream guest on this show? Well, besides what I said, but uh-huh. I mean, uh, on, on, this, okay, on this show, my dream guest, <sighs> Tina Turner. Tina Turner. I'd love. That's, that's one of my idols. I'd love to talk to her. What's the one question? If you only get one question, I get one question. <laughs> well, if I have one question. That's a really good. That's a really good question. If I had one question to ask her, I would say. What was it like to dance in heels for four hours in your 60s? Interesting. What does that feel like? I mean, she's a rock star. Well, it's funny because just a little side note, 
when she gave when she, cause she went to retirement and she gave her announcement in her 60s and people were just like, why? And she's like, I'm a 60-year-old grandmother. I'm tired. That was her answer. But we're so used to her. She could do it. Yeah. And she looks so youthful. She looks amazing. It's just like, that was just kind of a crazy thing. I wish I could walk in shoes like her for just oh, five minutes. Versus four hours I don't, know girls, I don't know how you girls deal with the ones with five <laughs> and six inch heels and Prince too. Prince is one of those too. I don't know how he did it. Uh, yeah. So, and when, you know, I love asking everybody this question because I feel like it gets you like an idea of who, who they are. Who's your celebrity crush? Wow. Um... I told you we're going to get d- dig deep into your inner workings here today. You know what? Okay, I have a crush on somebody that's not a huge star and is part of um, a show that I do called When Calls the Hearts. Okay. I, I got to meet her and, and interview her. And I'm just, I was just she, she's so beautiful. Her name is Pascal Hutton. Okay. She's one of the leads on the show's face, Rosemary. I would talk, I just, I just, she's so beautiful. And I watched her on screen and was like, I'm just totally in love. I can't wait to Google and see yeah, her image. Yeah, take a look at it. And our <laughs> interview is good. Our interview, I told her how pretty she was. So I was like, oh my God, you're so pretty. I, I, I just think she's so beautiful. Yeah. I, I'm, just, I'm enamored by her completely. Hmm. Okay, I want to go back to the um, supernatural yes. experience because I want to know. I can tell you one for sure that was very, yes, that's Pascal. Yes, that's my, that's my girl. She's so pretty. <laughs> um, okay, so one summer I was on tour for um, uh these conferences we were doing, and we were in Vegas. My best friend at the time, we shared a room. He was in one bed, I was in the other bed. It was early in the morning. And I looked over, and I saw my late grandmother sitting on his bed. And she looked really pretty. She was wearing this great dress. I remember, like, like it was yesterday, her, her hair was done, great dress. She's like 4'11". Mm-hmm. Um, and her name was her name's Mitzi. And so I was like, Mitzi. And she looked over me, and she was saying to me, I'm okay because we had we had a hard I had a hard time with her death. We didn't we were, were not on speaking terms when she died. And it was a whole big thing. So for like 20 years, I've been feeling this kind of just unease about her passing and just we just didn't. So uh, she she said she said to me, "I'm okay. We're we're okay. Everything's okay." Then I had a cat who was having surgery back in San Francisco that week. He's like, "And Sasha'll be fine." I'm like, oh, "Okay, because she loves cats. It's okay." <laughs> but then she got up. Walked to the door. Oh, God, yeah. And said, I go, Mitzi, wait. And she's like, 11. And she walked out. That's creepy. My friend wakes up an hour later and says, do you have an earthquake? I go, no, this is very an earthquake. I feel like my bed was moving. Then we go downstairs to sign in. Macy's, 11% off on blank. My number for my badge, 11 was on it. I went. I got to get something to eat. And I came to eleven eleven. I found a dime and a penny on the on the ground. Eleven cents. So every time I see eleven, I think of her. You know that's an angel number, right? That's oh. a sign. That is a sign because I always see eleven eleven, and I it was I was seeing it so much that yeah. I'm like, what does this mean? Yeah. Let me Google it, and it's a, a sign from the angels that you're on the right path. Maybe well, there you go. I'll there take you it. go. I'll take it. But she said we're okay, and that actually helped me heal with her. But it was it was not a dream. I was mm-hmm. like that was I was I felt I was fully awake. And I saw her spirit. That's amazing. It was, it was amazing. And I have, and I also have my house in Pittsburgh. I have a house in Pittsburgh. I have a spirit there, and oh. I say I say hi to it. I don't know if it's a man or a woman or a girl it's or a boy. It's a friendly spirit. Fra- yeah, says my name all the time, and just well, yeah, just says James. Oh my god! I looked around. I was like, nobody out there. And I go, okay, just a second. And I saw. So I learned to acknowledge when I walked to the house. Hi, spirit. I love you. Glad. Thanks for watching my house. And then we're fine. Okay. So I believe in supernatural stuff. I have goosebumps. <laughs> okay, I, like, I love it. I believe. I believe in it. I believe in it. I believe. Well, we, we're all energy, so I yeah, believe in it. I believe absolutely. in energy. I believe in energy. Have you had any energy from your puppy? 
Here's what's funny. I, I interviewed um, a clairvoyant this morning, Katrina Jane. She'll be on my show tomorrow, one of my main money jobs. Uh, a lot of help podcasts. Uh, she wrote a book uh, about talking about loss to kids. And I mentioned to her that I hear tabbles, ta- Scrabbles tapping mm-hmm. when he walks in my kitchen. Oh, my God. Because he had these, I used to call them the ghetto nails. They would grow so long, so fast. It's like, 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 and I was like, okay. And every once, about once every couple of weeks, I'll hear, I'll hear it in the kitchen. Really? Mm-hmm. So what did she say, the clairvoyant? She said, oh, he's, he's, he's silly. Like, he's you know, still there. He's there. He's like, you know that he's around. He loves you. Oh he knows. God. He knows. It's been six months. He knows you miss him. Aww. And so I just, I hear his tapping. And now it's comforting when I hear it. I hear it sometimes. I go, oh, okay. Are you going to get a new dog? And my, my parents just got one. And I'm having a hard time warming up to them. Well, that's their dog. What about you? I know. It's like, I, I don't know yet. I'm not ready. Okay. My race. Let me know when you're ready. I'll yeah. go with you. Okay. Because I, 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 I totally believe in going to a shelter. You got a dog in a yes. shelter. I'm not all about that. You have to be another chihuahua, of course. Yeah. I do that. But I, I'm not ready yet. I'm okay. not at all. Not at all. I still, well, you travel listen, all the time, there's too. There's that, too. There is that, too. But I miss him. He was like a he was a member of my family. Mm-hmm. And he has such personality. Oh, my God. It was crazy. Um, that I just, I miss him. Yeah. I just can't even. I, can't I have even, a chihuahua, too. And, yeah, and he has ghetto nails, too. See, they, they do. So I know exactly. They grow, so, they grow so fast. You get them cut, but they grow so fast. Yeah, it just sounds like high heels on the yes. floor all the time. Exactly. Like, girl. Exactly. Girl. I was like, girl, exactly. Exactly. It's like, it's so weird. It's so weird. Yes. Um, you, you lost your dog at the same time as you lost your brother. My grandmother, yes. And your grandmother. Yes. It was a long, you know, it was a lot of loss at the same time. Um, any feelings of them coming to you? Oh here, 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 go, here, go. Here I'm we not, go. I know it's going to start I don't crying. have tissues, though. I don't have any this uh-huh. fine. I'll just wipe my sleeve wherever. But I just, because mm-hmm. um, it's been about six months now, and I have my brother, he used to love Shaq Khan. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm Barbara Streisand, here's Shaq Khan. And we've seen Shaq Khan together in concerts several times over the years, and a song will come on, Shaq Khan's song will come on, one of the ones that he loved. Mm-hmm. And that just gets me every time. Mm-hmm. My grandmother, I haven't seen her yet or anything, but I miss. I wish she would come to me because I miss her all the time. I'm sure she's going to come to you. It's. It's. I know that it's. It's up to them, and I. I don't. I know probably she's because she. She died, and there was a lot of drama around her death. Mm-hmm. So maybe she's working that out. I guess, but I didn't get a chance to say goodbye to her, and so I, I miss her all the time. But I don't see her. But my brother, I hear stuff all the time, and it's really interesting. Tell us one happy memory of you and your brother. <sighs> He was louder than me. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds that's impossible. A, that's, a, that's impossible. But um, it's just a general. Just each time I saw him, mm-hmm. big hug. Oh my god! And we just would hug and we would just talk and we would laugh all the time. Yeah, he just made you feel really important. That's it. Um. I miss all time. So that's what I miss. People don't, people don't talk about that the most. It's just, it's the everyday stuff. Mm-hmm. It's the, um, it's the, I don't get a phone call or a text. That's the hardest part. Yeah. Because I'll, I'll see something funny. Like, you real think of him. And I'll think of him, real hospital, as a land. I'm like, oh my God, Kenya's doing this. And I can't say anything because he's, I can say it out loud, I guess, but it's not, he's just not there to make me laugh. Mm-hmm. Um, I was his last text before he died. And I, I saw that I still have the, our texting chain on my phone. And I'll look at it sometimes and I'll smile but it's just it's it's just it's just the everyday stuff. Yeah. Not just the big moments. I miss the everyday stuff. And just to talk, he would come to me for I mean he was older than me, but he would come to me for advice. 
And he uh, and he really was happy I was doing this. He was so happy for me. Supportive. What he was. was he doing? He was a bodybuilder or something. Yeah, he was. He was. He, he was. He was like the like another like the like a mayor of West Hollywood. He knew everybody in West Hollywood. He he was a bodybuilder. He worked out. He worked at FedEx for a while and mm-hmm. and, and back to me on. He had jobs, but um, he was a beautiful singer and he was a great actor. But he just didn't have the confidence to fully go into it uh-huh. like I like I did. And he always admired that because you just. Because he was still trying to find himself, right? And, and he and he finally found himself before he died. I think he really, truly, finally accepted who he was and what he could offer, and then the heart attack came. You so. know, life is so short. I mean, I lost both of my parents oh, yes. when they were super young, and it just kind of rattled me into saying, "You got to live every day to its fullest." Yeah. And if you're not living your life as you really are, you're just wasting time. So I really find inspi- inspiration in you doing this, you know, living your life, doing what you love. Even, you know, he's told me stories about painting and how that's transformed his life and like just embodying the person who you were meant to be is the most inspiring thing. And it, it, it sounds like it's no big deal maybe to some people. (laughs) Like I just am who I am, but but it is, it's when you can accept who you are, it's a really big deal. It's so it's freeing. Mm -hmm. It really is freeing. I, I, I think people, Try to look for happiness. I say look for freedom. Happiness is just an emotion. It happens. It goes. It does, it's going to come and go. But you want overall freedom. I'm free to be me. I know I'm, I'm quoting like uh, back in the '70s. Uh, what's her name? Um, oh my God, she's uh, a yeah. Marlo Thomas. Uh-huh. She had a free to be me thing. Uh-huh. I'm aging myself. Um, but I, I'm free to be me, and so that's and that makes it just makes the difference. I don't have to really apologize or worry about it. I'm coming in situations, you know you're getting me. Right. I have a friend, Regina Lark, always says, you do James Lodge Jr. very well. <laughs> so he says that. You do yes, James you very do. Well. Um, and, uh, and so it's, it's, so it's just very, it's very um, wonderful to finally come to a place where I'm like, yes, I gained, a little, I gained some weight. I can handle that. Uh, I have some gray in my goatee. I can handle that. Uh, I, it's, just, it's just easier than trying to fight it. And not growing old gracefully, mm-hmm. and not and not and just you know people I, people who are in inner turmoil. It must be just hell for them. If, have you ever read any books about um, self care or yes. inner growth? What's been like the most inspiring book that has affected you? Actually, it was funny. A book by um, Mary Louise Parker, who's an actress, okay. an Emmy award winning actress. Um, she wrote a book called Dear Mister, and every letter is to a man in her life. Okay. From her dad to her son, and everybody in between, and each essay slash letter, just I felt it. It's just it's just like it's her message to them about who she is, kind of relation to them, how they have helped her become who she is. That book is so I recommend. I gave it to, as a present to several people. It's so good. Okay, I'm gonna look at it. No, seriously, it's really good. And I just and for me, I. It's inspired me to do some other, some, I have some things, some projects coming up that I can't talk about yet, um, on the lines of some like that. Just kind of like, it's kind of interesting. People can influence who you are, and even if it's bad, but in a good way. Mm-hmm. And that book really told me, it's time, you got you to take care of yourself. Yeah. And you got to let go of a lot of stuff and find a place for it. I had to do a lot, I had to do a lot of letting go to find places for stuff. So I had some other violent things happen to me growing up and things happen that I had to learn how to find a place for them, not hold on to them right. and make them my identity, but part of my, my past and identity. I don't want to keep going to the dark side. I know, but that's fine. I, but I, 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 yes. I, 
Yes. I, I, I really feel like, especially now, it's so topical with yes. hashtag me too. Um, yes. Um, you know, I got a little snippet of something that, like, what you just kind of alluded to. I've talked about it before, so yes, I have no problem talking so, about it. So, I, I mean, I just would love to hear the story. So, uh, years ago, I was a victim of a, or should, I mean, let me rephrase that. I was a survivor of a violent attack and rape at knife point. And I was left for dead uh, by a co-worker. This is when I was a nurse. Oh, my God. Um, and it was one of the most physically traumatizing things in my entire life. Uh, but emotionally, it, it wrecked me emotionally because he said things like, well, men don't get raped. They won't believe you anyway. Uh, you can't tell anybody. Um, they'll just say you're gay, so you wanted it. Oh, my God. And all the things, he fed it to all the things that, they would, that you think they would say to men. And so, and so women have it be totally rough, of course, when it comes to that kind of stuff. But men have a, a different way that's hard mm-hmm. because it affects our masculinity. Yeah. And I had to, I had to, first I had to deal with the physical stuff, which was horrendous, and pain that I can't even describe to you, um, and just being violated that way. But also the after effects emotionally, like I always said after, this will never happen to me ever again. Uh, you know, I can, but you just never know what situation will happen to you. I was caught off guard. Mm-hmm. I was knocked out from behind. Uh, I walked to a bathroom and he knocked me out, and I woke up to this happening to me with a knife to my throat. So I had no, I didn't, I didn't. I, there was nothing I could do. It was, it wasn't about sex. It's about I, power. It was about power. I had to learn that though, because it's because a sexual act is being performed on me. But I had to say, this is not about that. It's that he felt whatever, whatever he was feeling, he tried to put it on me, and so it took me. I had a great therapist, Sherry yeah. Collington. I love her. I where she is. I love you. Um, my father got me got me help. It was she helped me see that it wasn't. This had nothing to do with me. No, it was his issue. It was his issue. He's dead. He's dead now. Um, so I never pressed charges. I never did anything. I wish I had, but I had shame. I yeah. was totally shameful. This happened. I was I was in my twenties. I mean, I was young. Um, this was back in the 90s. I mean, oh so it's a little God. things, there were a lot of things that yeah. were different back then that we didn't have now. And I'm a black man, and what's that, what does that mean? And um, but it made but it made me realize that people have their own issues mm-hmm. and we'll try to put them on you, whether it's emotionally, physically, through rape, through verbal abuse. Um, it taught me to get stronger and not let people lay their stuff on me. Do you think that it's impacted who you are today? Yes. Okay. Completely. I will say occasionally, I people will approach me a certain way from behind. I jump. Mm-hmm. It's still it's, the rape. I will never forget the rape. I will never forget it for the rest of my life. But I have found a place for it, and the reason why I'm not crying is because I kind of been. I've I've talked. I've, I've I was told to talk about it, so I've been right. in places and talked about it. Done stuff with the rain and I, other things. So I've talked about it. But it's I think it's very important for boys and men to know, and and for women, boys and men can't get raped. And it's a violent act that is about power. Right. And you should not feel ashamed or hurt by that. You get through, after you get through the physical pain, go get help. Again, get back to, get back to center. Find out who you are. Because I am changed forever. My, mm-hmm. my life has been changed forever because of that experience. It changed how way I look at things sexually, um, religiously, uh, you know, physically, everything. It's changed everything about me. But it hasn't changed the core of who I am. I found that I went. Back, I found it again. I went back and found that again. Maybe that was the light in the dark. 
That you were yes. able to find the core of who you were. Sherry Compton, L- LCSW, thank you very much. She helped me see, she helped me find it. It took several years. It wasn't like overnight I was better. It took, it took about three or four years of therapy once a week with her. Mm-hmm. And then some group work. Because because the violent part was the part that really was like, it was rough. No, I can't imagine anything worse than that. But I, I feel like it's kind of given you the ability also to relate to what's going on in... In, yes. our, in our world right now with, you know, what w- women are talking about, yes. but men too, men are coming out yeah. as well and saying, you yeah. know, I, I was raped or I was treated. Well, well also the, 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 um, like Corey Feldman's talking mm-hmm. about it and, and, and other people, I think Todd Bridges was talking about it. There are, there are a lot of child stars in Hollywood, men who went through a lot of stuff mm-hmm. with other men and women. Some women too, women can rape and women can do things too. So it's not just a gender exclusive, but I feel for all the women who are brave enough to come out and talk about it. It's not, it's seriously, it's not easy. Mm-hmm. I know it from such personal experience. It's hard to admit you were raped. And, and it's hard to not make it your whole identity, too. I get in relationships and say, well, I was raped. That's why I feel this way. Like, and it's, like, it's not their fault you were raped. Right. You know, now, now I'm putting things on them. Right. I had to stop this. I had to literally stop the cycle. Yeah, because that person that raped you is still holding on to power by, by right. you letting that affect your future relationships. Right. So they, they still win. And I, I'm not letting them, that thing win. Let me catch my, my mm-hmm. breath. I'm not going to let him win. I'm not going to let him win. I, got, I have to win. So that's why I'm trying to change my language to I'm a survivor or a thriver of rape instead of saying a victim. Have you gone and talked to people, kids, or anybody that's dealt with something similar to help them? Yes. I, I do volunteer with the Trevor Project. I did volunteer with Latino Men's Group. I have talked to young men who have been mm-hmm. abused, been molested. Uh, I've told my story, which has helped them. Um, and hopefully they're doing good. I, mean, I hope that all the, the young men I've talked to are doing well, but I've talked to them about it. I mean, you have such a wonderful voice that... It would really help people. I, I know. So. I will continue. I will continue talking about it. I have no problem. Mm-hmm. I feel no shame. I am a man, and I and I am very proud of being a man. And but I had a violent act. No, I and, and there's people probably watching right now that don't have the courage to to come out with something that happened to them. But mm-hmm. seeing, look at look at who you are right now. Like it's such an inspiration. So I think it's really important to go and talk about you know the the things that we've overcome to become who we are. Yes, I like that. That's very true because you have to live life. You're living life, and there's things you're going to come. There's things you are going to overcome that still make up who you are. Right. Good, bad, or different, mm-hmm. and it's good. All right, I'm going to move on to happier. Yeah, so, well, I guess I'm yes. sorry. I'm sorry, but you yeah. know what? I you can't just be amazing, James Lott Jr. No. without no. having a backstory. I'm <laughs> right. sorry. No, I, know. I agree. No, I, know. I know. That's why I totally understand. <laughs> I want to talk about this show. Okay. What's been your favorite guest or moment on this show? Well, my favorite. Okay, so one of my favorite moments on this show, I had it was my two. It was my hundredth episode. My, no, it was my two year anniversary. My two anniversary last year. I had five men. And we were all different ages, all people of color. Mm-hmm. We had Cuban, um, black, mixed, uh, Arab. We had, we had everybody. We were all here. And we had the best discussion. And one of my favorite moments of that show, you, you watch the show, it's on YouTube, where my buddy, who's a comedian, um, say, uh, Tamir says, women are brought up bulimic in terms of how they look. Men are brought up bulimic in terms of emotion. Oh, that's so interesting. When he said that, all of us men totally froze. 
it was such a quote Oprah was an aha moment. Yeah. When he said that, he goes, Yes, because he goes, How can we tell men to treat women right when they're emotionally bulimic? I was like, drop the mic. Yeah. And see you later, you can do my show for me, I'm done. Wow. I mean, like he said that, and that was my favorite of my of, of my hundred and five episodes of this show for two mm-hmm. years. That was my favorite moments ever. Mm-hmm. It just was like, yes. Mm-hmm. That's so true. We tell women about their looks. Their looks. Their looks. You know all that. But for men, we're told, get over it. Be a man. Don't cry. Mm-hmm. Don't do this other stuff. And, you know, I'm sitting here crying on TV. Like, they, I, you couldn't do that in five, ten years. You can't cry on TV. You're a man. We're teaching our men to be bulimic mm-hmm. in emotions. Mm-hmm. So, of course, we're not treating women right. Of course, men are getting upset when they get turned down. And when a woman says no. They get, they get up. They're like, they're like whiny babies. Because we haven't taught them that it's okay. Do you think it's changing now? Not yet, but I hope it is. Yeah. I think it's changing in terms of women are speaking up and saying, okay, no more. We're done. But I think men are still as whiny and as and as underdeveloped as ever. And I think it's coming out more. That's interesting. I feel like uh, in today's society, you know, I think, you know, women, the moms decide. They spend the most time, for the most part, with mm-hmm. their kids and I feel like now it's people are embodying like let your kids be emotional like let just let I hope them so. be. I, I think it's really important because yes. otherwise you get then you get people that do stupid things. Some politicians I'm not going to mention. Yes, no, that yes. They're just so frustrated because they don't have the right words. Yes, <laughs> but what's funny is you know for me I grew up in an era in the '70s where we were a little latchkey kid. Um, parents were working a lot, single parents. For a lot of us. We were the men of the house mm-hmm. for our mothers. You know, God bless our mothers, but just like we were, we were the surrogate boyfriend, surrogate father. I had to take care of the younger kids. Like I had to grow up fast. I learned how to cook, do laundry, anything at like nine years old. I was doing all of that, and a lot of us get that. Where you're the man of the house now, James. I was told that you're the man of the house now. You got to take care, look after your mother, you gotta look after the kids. You got to. So we're not we're not getting the emotional support that we should right. be getting. So hopefully it is changing. I hope, I hope that is changing. We shouldn't be our mothers, you know, significant others. We should be their kids. Absolutely. And so I, th- I think my grandkids are better off than I am. Like they, they're really kind of, they're very emotional, strong kids. They're in touch with their emotions. I think so. I, I think, well, at least the younger two especially, I think they are. Mm-hmm. What has been like the thing that you learned the most since you started on day one doing... Wow. Broadcasting to right now, this moment. Well, I've celebrated um, three years last month, mm-hmm. so doing this. Um, what I have, what I have learned is to stay present and to not stick to my questions mm-hmm. all the time. That the real gold comes in the conversation. Mm-hmm. I've really learned that. I mean, there's there are people I've talked to where I mean, I had a certain set of questions and I got to many of them, but they would give pearls of wisdom and the, the answer. And I'm like, you got to go with that, James. Yeah. Like, be again, leap of faith that you'll be able to ask them the next question that will be good in terms of what they're saying and pick up what they're saying. And that's something that, that I didn't realize from, from day when my first guest was Joshua Silverstein to now me being the latest one in 105 episodes. That was, it was like being present, like being, just being present and you'll, and you'll get the, you'll get the good stuff. Absolutely. You'll get the, you'll get the good stuff. Who, who inspires you when it comes to interviewing? Larry King, mm-hmm. Barbara Walters, this guy named Sam Jones. He has a show called Off Camera with Sam Jones. They are good interviewers. They completely let people speak. They ask really interesting questions, not the usual. So when you're on the show and you had to kiss your co-star, like they don't ask that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. They really go deep, but they're good. Larry King is so good. I mean, he's like 800 years old, 
Um, but he's so he just he knows how to ask the right questions. And Barbara too, Barbara Walters is a legend. Mm-hmm. You say whatever you want to about her, and she's become a caricature sometimes some people. But she was the first female doing this, and she has interviewed everyone. And she gets some good stuff out of it. Because, you know, people will say Oprah. I mean, I'm an Oprah fan on some level, but I don't know if she's the best interviewer. I think Barbara, hands down, could get, could get stuff out of it. Give love a turn up. <laughs> get blood. And, I like to, and I like to think that I, a lot of people will say, James, I never talk about this except for you. Or I never thought about that until you said that. I like to think I get things out of people, too, that they normally wouldn't Why say. do you think that is? Because I think I'm comfortable. Yep. I try to make them feel comfortable. Uh, try to make, give them a safe space. I know it sounds cliche, but this is a safe space. You can, I'm not going to make you look bad. I want you to look good. So I can really ask you anything to make you look bad. Um, sometimes I'll play like clips of things of theirs that they're like, oh, I haven't thought that in a long time. Right. Um, one of my favorite guests on the show was Tony Basil. Mm-hmm. Um, she, you know, oh, Mickey, you're so fine, was her big hit, of course, but I know her for that. But she's this choreographer dancer who from the 50s and 60s doing beach movie choreography and then she was pop-locking with black people. I mean, she had the best story, and she was so open to our conversation. And we had a great hour. went by so fast. I'll never forget her. She was just, like, one of the best. Was the best. I love just talking to you. <laughs> I mean, of course you're going to be yes. a great interviewer. Because yes. <laughs> you're just so pleasant to be around. I like I, I, I'm not just kissing your butt here. I know. But I, 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 I don't like, say it unless I, I mean it. Oh, I, I like I like I like people, so I think that comes across. I like people, and I want to talk. I want us to have a good time. I I appreciate you letting me talk to you right now because I love interviewing people. Yes. So this is like a pleasure for me. Um, I want to ask you about you know living in LA. Yes. What's your favorite LA pastime? Actually, you know it's, it's so funny. I love the beach. I'm really? a big, I'm a, I, I was a beach baby. I love beach. I miss the beach What's when I was living here. What's your favorite beach? I'm way down where I'm at. So Manhattan Beach. Okay. Uh, Manhattan Beach, Hermosa Beach, Redondo Beach, that whole area. I love it. I just love the smell of water. Do you go in the water? Sometimes. It's so cold. It's very cold. But I like it. I just, I just, I like, I just, I just, it's just, it's less, it's less crowded than Santa Monica and Venice and mm-hmm. all those. It's just that we're, I just love the sun. It's warmer. It's, it's, I mean, it's, 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 it's brighter, but it's not as hot like the valley. I just, I just love, I just, I love it. Also, love, I love going to Hollywood. I like being in Hollywood and just seeing the freaks, I, just the freaks. What's going yeah. on? There's always stuff going on, no matter where you go. So I like to go eat somewhere, or I just, I just love it. I just, but I just, those are two things of my, they're very LA to me. Like if those. you were gonna take some visitor from out of town out to see one cool thing in LA, where would you take them? Ooh, that's a good question. Um, one cool thing in LA. Oh, I know. Okay, I have one. So I have this spot. Everybody don't start rushing to go there because this is my spot. It's by the airport, by LAX. It's on, it's a, there's an intersection. It's uh, Lincoln and Sepulveda. And they meet. It's a little tiny park. It's called In-N-Out. And In-N-Out's right by it. In-N-Out's yeah. right behind it. But no, <laughs> I'm I mean, very familiar there, with that in with that, But in front of it, the park itself. <laughs> so my story, well, you actually you smell the In-N-Out while you're sitting there. It's literally adjacent. Yeah, it, yeah, it is. <laughs> but anywho, it is the little park itself mm-hmm. I love taking people there because the planes are coming into approach 
on runway too far. I know, like, my mom used to work at the airports and all the different born race. You sound like you're calling the planes in and right now, land. by the way. Runway too far, you can land now. Thank you. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and, and you can see, and you, and it's, a, it's amazing. Actually, we have gone in and out, got the food, sat there, and you see the planes coming in. Yeah. And it's scary, and it's exciting at the same time. I see people there, and they just they just freak out, but they love it. I live right by there, and I swear yes. every time I drive by, there is always at least ten people standing on that oh. little patch of grass, yeah. even if it's raining. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty that's cool. My, that's, my, that's my spot. I like I love that spot. And there's also another spot at the CVS over there on on, um, on Sepulveda. Go up to the parking garage on top. Okay. And you get it's, it's really usually it's really empty over there, and you can see all the planes taking off. Ooh, little secret. Mm-hmm. That you know, would be a good little like date if anyone's looking for a cool I've place done that. to take a date. Oh. I've done that. Yes, yeah, so, but it's, it's really cool. But it's, but it's really it's, it's like this little spot, and you see all planes taking off, and it's kind of fun to watch which ones take off, how much power they take. It's 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 a, it's a good time. Speaking of taking off, yes. I feel like you are just taking off on your amazing career. So if you see yourself in ten years from now, where are we? We are. That's a good question. I actually was doing this the other day. Ten years from now, my media empire is in, is intact. Mm-hmm. I have shows that I'm producing, shows that I'm on. I have I have my radio show still going, TV stuff going. Also, my books are out there. My music is out there. I'm, I'm, I have artists underneath me. I want to have people underneath me. I want to have talent underneath me that I, that work with me. I want to have uh, partnerships with networks. I really want to have my own just like media empire. empire. I do. I've been building it. My I, I built it from scratch, and so. I, in ten years, I can I can see that totally happening. Where it's just continuing to go that way. I can see it too. Yeah, and that, that's my. Don't point. forget the little people, please. <laughs> <laughs> I take certain folks with me. I'm all, okay. about, I'm all about the village. That's why that's my things that my fans I, know about the village, and you're part of my village anyway. Thank so, you. but this, it's, the, it's the village. It's thank you so much, James, for letting me be part of your village. <laughs> yes, and not being scared to take <laughs> the hot seat today <laughs> and lose control. He was very scared right before I we was, started was recording. Very He's like, I don't know. What going with this show so i i appreciate you just you, you know submitting to the universe thank you. Thank you. and letting me take you on this journey yeah. and letting your audience learn a little bit more about yes. who you are yes thank you i i loved it thank you guys for joining us today don't forget to follow the show at black black hollywood live on itunes soundcloud youtube and i've been your host today my name is alice sarfati you can find out all about me at alicesarfati.com and of course, I'm James Law Jr. And I have some great guests coming up in April. Uh, so you want to stay tuned. Go to our Facebook page, Breaking Into, and you can follow what's going on. I mean, I have some really good guests. Next week, it's my James's Favorite Things. So local people who have things going on, um, I'm bringing them on the show. They're products. I'm going to talk about that. Like, it's just these hair care products and Sugarfina and all things like that. So we can do that. Also, I have two new workshops I'm starting. If you're in LA area, come see me. Come to the workshop. They're 20 bucks each. Learn how to get organized. So you can go to um, the superorganizeruniverse.com, which is my blog. I'm James Lott Jr. I'll see you next time. Woo! That was so <laughs> much fun. <laughs> <laughs> <Thank you. laughs> Captain Undergaro, Dario Kristen, Tiana Hobson, and the entire BHL staff, we would like to thank you for supporting Black Hollywood Live, the first online broadcast network dedicated to African-American entertainment. For questions and comments, contact us. Info at BlackHollywoodLive.com. Like us on Facebook, tweet us, or Instagram us at BHL Online. And I am the official voice of Black Hollywood Live, Scipio. Instagram me at KingXOBay. Thanks for tuning in. The views expressed here are those of the host owner and do not necessarily reflect the views of BHL or its owners or principals.